So this one's not going to be turned into a musical comedy anytime soon. It's not. <laughs> no. I was trying to think of a way to sing my name like your name, but I can't. I can't make it make sense in my head. Damn syllables. <laughs> Julian Pensavale. Patrick Heinz. Okay. Yeah, that worked. It sounds good. Ellen, do you approve? <laughs> You guys, before we get to the show, uh, the Patreon, mm-hmm. Patreon's gonna Patreon, as yeah. my friend Julian would say. Pates gonna Pates, Pates lady gonna... Pates. <laughs> it's like a hundred full bonus episodes. It's our episode by episode, the ste- the, the serial, the serial on the online, <laughs> the staircase. Uh huh. That one actually has a real the in the, the title. in it. The jinx. <laughs> the jinx making a murderer. The Lor- nope, just Lorena. <laughs> Casey Anthony. Lacey Peterson. You guys, the Lacey Peterson's crazy. You know how you're you're saying in the Pates that it broke Nancy Grace? Yes. It's breaking me. Yeah. It it's totally breaking. Broke Nancy Grace. Yeah, <laughs> Will you give the non-Pates people a preview of your Nancy Grace? Oh, um, <laughs> what was it when she was talking? Was it Casey Anthony or Jody Arias? It, it was Jody Arias. Where she's like, oh yeah, 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 put put more makeup on your face before you talk about your murdered lover. <laughs> she's like Oprah, but not at all. Oh my god. Anyway, you guys, that's all at the five dollar level. At the ten dollar level, you can get ad free episodes. Mm-hmm. There's the after party at the seven dollar level. Yeah, we're sending you ringtones. Yeah, we're sending you some stuff in the mail. It's yeah. just you, you guys, the pates is really where it's at. It really is. Unless it isn't, and that's fine too. It's okay. It's no not, fresh. Not everyone has to do it. It's fine. Yeah. Live your life. That's Live really what we're all about here. That is what we're all about. If Pates is in your life, great. If she's not, fine. <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Tell Me Who I Am on Netflix. And we're talking about things that deserve trigger warnings for everything. Uh, yeah, guys, truly trigger warning for everything. This deals with serious sexual abuse mm-hmm. of, uh, against children. The way that we do this, we're not going to play that much of it. We're not going to be very graphic when we talk about it. But the subject matter is fucking dark. Yeah, it's it's incest and it's it's all bad. Yeah, we just gave away all the spoilers. Yep. Also, welcome to TCO. <laughs> I know. It's all bad. Every episode, it's all bad. No, the episodes are great. The episodes are great, but Sounds the content like is terrible. <laughs> for the most part. Tell the people that our episodes are good. Unless you're like a jewel thief, and then it's like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> no trigger warning there. <laughs> nope. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I remember opening my eyes and looking around the room. I instantly recognized my twin brother. And I just said, hello, Marcus. But it started to dawn on me that I didn't know why I was. I didn't know what happened to me. I didn't even know my own name. Everything had gone. There was so much to learn. If he hadn't known who I was, then he would have been all alone in the world. But he wasn't alone in the world, he had me. I started piecing things together. He would give me a photo and I would construct a memory around that and life seemed good. Privileged family, normal parents, he painted an idyllic picture. But I was never questioning anything. I had no reason to doubt it. I, from day one, painted a picture of a normal family, but none of that was true. It was a fantasy that I was creating for him. How could we have secrets? We don't have secrets. The one person that I absolutely trusted has betrayed me. 
I just cried and cried for days. I have been lying for 20 years. I was too much of a coward. I don't know who I am. My life is not real. My life is the one you gave me. I never told a living soul about what happened. But we're here now. Here we are. Yeah, you know it's going to be a doozy when it's like, I've been silent for 20 years. And I'm like, oh, no. No. This is going to break my heart into a million pieces. Uh-huh. I can tell already. It's so crazy because this episode starts with like, we, we see, I, I kind of love when documentaries do this where like you see the actual like room where they're going to do the interview. The setup and the, the setup the and all slate. that shit. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But we're seeing these two men. By the way, they say they're identical twins 8,000 times. They don't look anything alike. No. <laughs> they really don't look anything alike. They look like brothers, but they just sure. don't look like identical twins. And so we see these two men and they're, they're giving separate interviews Mm -hmm. and one of them is this guy saying like I need to know who I am not just a story of who I am but who I really am the real me and then the other one is like you know those questions he has I got all the answers but I haven't said or mum's the word over here I've been lying about all of them (laughs) the secrets I need answers to are in Marcus's head but they're deep in his head so it would almost seem reckless in terms of whatever we're going to find when we open the box. It's Pandora's box. You either open it or you don't. The documentary is so high quality that I'm like, is this even a documentary? It's really good. I will be transparent and say that, like, I went back and forth on this. There are moments I, I get real frustrated with this documentary. Mm. And then in the end, I truly had a revelation of, like, this might be the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. Yeah, there was one moment where I was like, was this moment made specifically for me? Because I, I know. love it. I know. It, this documentary is just great. It makes you feel all the emotions. All of them. Except, like, the good ones. Right. <laughs> I don't remember feeling, like, happy, optimistic. So we see, like, a point of view of, like, a terrible motorcycle accident. Right. So the twins are named Alex and Marcus. Yes. Alex is the one who needs all the answers. Marcus is the one that has all the answers but not isn't saying anything. So Alex gets in this horrible accident and is in the hospital. It's 1982. Right. And he has no idea who he is or where he is. But the minute he sees Marcus, he's like, that's my twin brother. Even though I wasn't sure of what was going on around me, I knew 100% that he was my brother and I could trust him. So he wakes up in this hospital room and like and just doesn't know he like it's that horrible thing where you like hear the beeping and the whizzing and the whirring. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. He doesn't know who his mother is. Right. <laughs> and I'm thinking I don't know who you are. You remember me. You remember me. Don't you remember me? You must remember me. You must remember me and keep repeating and repeating this. She's real broken up about it. She's like, don't you know who I am? And he's like, no. And she's Uh like, but don't you? And he's like, but I don't. And she's like, but can you? And he's like, but I can't. And they take him, quote, 
home. Yeah. But so imagine not knowing anyone around you except for your brother, but you still don't know him. You just uh-huh. know that he's your brother. And then you're going like home to this strange house with a bunch of strangers and things that you don't know about. They pull up to the house. And I don't know if it's the actual house or if it's that like- That house is unbelievable. The ho- It's like a tutor, I guess is what they call yeah. it. I only know that because I've seen Something Rotten, which oh, took right, place right, right. during it's the time of Shakespeare. Gorgeous, yeah. Such a great show. And they walk into this house and like, God bless this mess does not even begin to cover it. No. It's not like a hoarder's house, but there is shit everywhere. There might be a little bit of a hoarder's right. house. <laughs> we learned some things where I just have hoarders, question mark. We'll get to it. He was in a haze. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know anything. Even though he was 18, he had the mental age of a nine-year-old. I remember walking through the kitchen, explaining this was the kitchen, and then the bathroom, and then taking him into the into his bedroom. This is your bed on the left, and my bed's on the right. It's not only he didn't know who he was or where he was, he didn't know how to do anything. How to, like, shower, how to bathe himself. Like, Except ride a bike. Right? Riding a bike is actually <laughs> like riding a bike. That's the thing he could do. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is we see him, like, like pulling a thing, like a tarp off a bike, and he's like, what's that? Yeah. Can you imagine seeing a bike for the first time? No. <laughs> like, what is that torture contraption? But then he gets on the bike, and again, he's like, he loves riding his bike, but we see him immediately fall and crash. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can we maybe not put the guy with the crazy head injury on a bike? Right. So he's relearning these things, and Alex says this truly heartbreaking thing where he's like... I mean, for everybody else, they're going to remember being on holidays. They're going to remember falling off their bike for the first time and their first kiss the first time they were in love. Those are the things that really make up who you are. And you actually need those memories. I'm coming at this with nothing. So he doesn't even feel like a fully formed person. He's just like a shell walking through this world and this home that he's never been to, according to him. So now the mom was in denial. Like, do you remember me yet? Do you remember me yet? You Uh totally remember me. And then we hear about the dad. The dad was extra distant to Alex and never went to the hospital, didn't hug him, was like, oh, you're home finally. And we see a picture of him and he just looks like a fucking grumpy old bastard. Mm -hmm. He looks like a Columbo villain. (laughs) I don't like him. So the dad is like a super severe dick. Right. And the mom, is like super bummed like she's really sad that Alex doesn't remember her which is I mean I'm not a mother but as a mother right. wouldn't you be devastated like I, mean, I, I, I get it, that but it's also like it's like you guys it's okay like he survived a, an accident that right. like was clearly very tragic like yeah she's you could be devastated but she also makes it all about her I think that's what I'm saying like yeah. it's, aren't you just like it's fine like you're alive and we're, we're just gonna teach you how to walk and make toast again why are you so upset about it I think she could be upset but she's doing it wrong <laughs> I don't like assigning people or telling people how to grieve or go through what they're going through but Uh she's making it about her and that I don't like exactly and then so Alex is watching TV and is learning about life through TV TV was an eye opener for me there'd be like a perfect Sunday lunch with everybody sitting around the table for OXO Cube and it looked nice and I just imagined that must just be how all families are because I saw it on the telly And he's like, oh, that's what a family is. My family must be super wholesome and super great. And then we learn we're going in a little bit more on the mom. And Alex (laughs) tells us that Uh he's learning about this whole new life. And he realizes... His mother is at the center of everything. Yeah, and he calls her mummy. Like, even to this day, as like a 50-year-old man, he calls her mummy. You know who does that? Uh, people from the South. It's my daddy. Everyone says daddy in the South. Also, no matter how old you people are. People at gay bars. That's 
<laughs> so she's the center of his world mm-hmm. and he's describing her to us and we're seeing her like in pictures mm-hmm. and she really does look like the Amy Poehler Mean Girls Cool Mom. Okay. Right? We have differing <laughs> opinions on that. She was quite a tall woman. She was over six foot and she had quite large hands and very large feet. Overly large feet. She was great fun. We're told she's, quote, larger than life. Yeah, she's like six feet tall. With gigantic hands and feet, and she's super loud. I was like, wait, are they describing me? No. (laughs) Your hands are smaller. Right. My hands are so dainty. They're very dainty. But she's like, they they really go into detail on her oversized feet. Like a lot. Yeah, so they describe her as like great, quote, fun. So British. She's great fun. (laughs) She would just sort of dance around the kitchen. She would come into a room and said, oh, and here we all are. I'm here. Everybody, I'm here. She'd be like, ha, 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 ha. She would laugh like that. She would, like, walk into a room and, like, announce her presence. She'd be like, I'm here, I'm here. And I was like, oh, God, is this my future? Like, none of that sounds fun to me. I know, that's why, but it sounds like so much fun to me. <laughs> like, the person who's real, who's the loudest person in the room, who's like, I'm here, it's about me. My son got in a car wreck, but, like, it's about me. Why doesn't he remember me? Like, the worst person. See, I don't think I would handle it like that, but I could definitely see me being like, I'm fabulous and six feet tall and I've got huge fucking feet. Deal with it. I am. Deal with it. (laughs) So now, like, months are going by and he's grown and Alex has grown up to, like, from, like, a six-year-old mentality to about 15. And he starts asking what he calls, like, the difficult questions. And so Marcus would show him photos and then Alex would, as he says, construct a memory around that. Yeah, so, like, he would ask him, like, what was our family life like growing up? Like, did we ever go on... Holiday. Holiday. And Marcus is like, why, yes. Marcus showed me a photograph of the two of us on holiday, and it looked nice. And we were, you know, typical boys building sandcastles on a beach. So I just presumed that's what we did every year. He showed me photographs, and I joined the dots. So Marcus is painting this picture of this really privileged family, lavish parties and vacations and basically what Alex saw on television. Right. He's making that a reality by saying, like, what does this picture do for you? (laughs) And Alex is like, oh, that must be from our, like, super fun, totally wholesome family vacation. And Marcus is like, bingo. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly it. Don't ask any more questions. Next photo. (laughs) And so Marcus is just saying, like, I was trying to, like, give him his memory back. Mm. But he's, like, basically winking at the camera when he says that. Well, we wouldn't be here in a documentary if they really had that lovely wholesome upbringing that's a good indication that there's more to the story yeah (laughs) so alex is telling us like here's the life that marcus painted for me the life that marcus showed me that i had and painted for me was that we were a fairly privileged family in the home counties with perfectly normal parents you know dinner parties around the house and everything looked good painted an idyllic picture. Guys, red flag when you have to be told that your parents are normal. Yeah, and then when when the sentence ends with, and don't ask any more questions. Right. (laughs) And then Marcus is like, but things got difficult when it came to the rules of the house. And I'm like, oh boy. This is where it turns into a fucking horror movie. We weren't allowed to go upstairs. We didn't eat with our parents. We weren't allowed a front door key. And from the age of, I think... 14, we lived down in the shed, in the garden. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a confusing house. 
for me. This is so mean. This is just like cruel. Like, then don't have kids. Exactly. Exactly. So just again to paint a pick, they live in this gorgeous. He, he, this house is like fifteen thousand. You know, it's feet. like the clue house. It's true. That's exactly. Right. They should do oh, a site specific clue in that house. Swoon. Flames on the side of my face. Oh God, I hated her so much. <laughs> we don't have time. We don't have the time. We gotta keep it moving here. <laughs> You want to hear my Tim Curry impression? My Tim Curry impression is one word. No. (laughs) Um, So here's the thing. They weren't allowed to go upstairs in this enormous house. They weren't allowed to go upstairs. And they didn't have a key to their own home. This doesn't make, logistically, this doesn't make any sense to me. Because at 14 years old, starting at 14... They lived in the shed. They were moved to the shed. At 14. Yeah. Keep that age in mind. Yes. We'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. It's a very important time. And the thing is, like, to hear them tell it, they liked living in the shed. Because imagine, like, you're 14 years old, you're away from your parents, you're in your own little cottage. I mean, mm. the shed really looked like a cottage. Like, that's probably on Airbnb somewhere. But it was, like, a room. Yeah. There's an enormous house. It does your kid's in the house. Right. And so, and then Alex, and then I'm like, oh, well, maybe they didn't have room because they're for sure hoarders. Because right. Alex is like... <laughs> Like, there was just stuff everywhere. There was just ornaments everywhere. Every cupboard was full. Every outhouse was full. Every loft was full. Every garage was full. So he actually says there were ornaments everywhere. And I know that that's British for something else. But I just wanted it to mean like Christmas tree ornaments. I know. Christmas all the time. (laughs) Which would be kind of creepy. He says every cupboard and outhouse was full. Also, outhouse doesn't mean what what it means to us. Nope, 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 nope. And then, so even when they were allowed in the house, which was few and far between apparently, there were sections of the house they weren't even allowed in. Yeah. And then like the whole thing with the dad comes back. Remember the dad's a big dick? He was quite a scary guy and he had a hell of a temper on him he would shout very loudly and bang he would just um, thump thump the table on the dining room I remember particularly on the dining room table it was a really long huge dining room table you know you know in the center of the house and he would whack that and then he would just dismiss you he would yell. He would, like, bang on the table for emphasis. That is such a thing. So, again, my my dad was my mom's girlfriend, Terry. Mm-hmm. I never had a dad. Right. So I am afraid of dads. Yeah. For exactly this reason. This is the stereotype of, like, scary, shitty dad yeah. that scares the living daylights out of me. Not all the dads. Guy, not, hashtag not all dads. Not all I know dads. that that's true. But, like, thumping on the table. Like, you couldn't go to the... You were never allowed in his study unless he summoned you there. Yeah. And then he would, like, dismiss you when he was done. Like, these people are just assholes. Yeah. And as Alex is learning this about the dad Marcus is like don't pay any attention to him yeah but also call him sir and be super fucking like, polite don't speak until spoken to so yeah. like so just think of how terrifying this is just be to be Alex for a second right you wake up beep beep in the hospital you don't know who you are you don't know who this woman is who really wants you to know who she is yeah. and you're like girl I, I don't like I, don't, I can't help you but, but why are your feet so big yeah but also Hi, I survived the crash. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Great to see you too. Who are you? So then you don't know who you are. You're learning how to ride a bike. Again, comes right back to you. (laughs) You're learning like just things. And then you have to like, oh, this is where the kitchen is. Like just, and Uh then, and then the dynamics of like this guy who's not a dad from TV. No. And he's just an asshole and he's mean to you. And he doesn't let you in the house. You have to sleep in a shed. I know. It's bad enough. But also Alex says this over and over and over again. All of this was normal to me because I just thought this was normal because it's literally all I knew. Right. And then, like, cuts to Alex being like... My brother at some point informed me that our parents came from an aristocratic background. It was perfectly normal for our house to be filled with 
sirs, duchesses, lords, ladies. And that's how we lived. Oh, yeah, our house was always filled with lords and ladies and fancy pants people. And I'm like, but that's not who they were. So after a few months. Yeah. Marcus is like, you should meet your friends. I think you're ready. A few months. I know. Nobody came to ask if this guy was okay. Or did they? And Marcus was like, not now. I'm not ready for you yet. I don't know. Do you know that I was saying to Steve last week, frustrated Jillian is my favorite bit that you do? Not ready. I was, I was like frustrated me like that's mm-hmm. just who I am. So they have this big party at a bar which looks super fun. Yeah, I love all those British pubs that are like they're, they're, they're all like in villages. Yeah, and there are like photos of everyone. It just looks like he has a nice group of friends and for like the first time since the accident he's having a nice time. Yeah, guess what else he has? A girlfriend. And then he said, oh yes, and you, and you have a girlfriend. I was like, oh, I've got a girlfriend. Right? She, um, she was very nice. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? I know. Where has she been? Yeah, she's not calling. She's no. not she's not coming round. Right, exactly. That mom with the big feet does not like it when she when she stops by, it seems. The mother, no question, hates her. Yeah. <laughs> hates her. But hates also, her. like, the reason the friends aren't coming by is because they didn't know about the accident, we learn. Right. And then there's this whole bit about how Marcus and Alex were trying to make it so that people didn't know that Alex didn't know who they were. So they'd go into the bar or the party or whatever, and it would basically be like Devil Wars Prada, like, like right. Alex would be the Miranda Priestly. <laughs> totally. And Marcus would be Anne Hathaway being like, it's that person you went to high school with them. Go, 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 go. We would stand outside the door. And he'd say, right, okay, remind me. Give me the names again. Give me the names. What do they what do they look like? Just give me the quick little outline. So a tiny little synopsis of each person. This is Dave. This is John. This is Chris. And then they'd open the door. Oh, hi, hi. Really nice to see you. And people never knew. And then the entire <laughs> night would be spent with Marcus slyly, probably not that slyly, uh-uh. telling him, oh, that's your girlfriend. Right. <laughs> What? But then apparently the girlfriend like didn't ask any questions. And then Alex has this this joke that he loves that he probably tells at every party where he's every like, party. every party, where he says, Our sort of standing joke is that I lost my virginity to the same woman twice. <laughs> he thinks it's hilarious. I know. <laughs> For that girlfriend, it was completely unmemorable sex both times. Well, yeah, because he's like, she was really nice. Didn't notice that I had no idea who she was. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. didn't ask any questions, which is great for me because I don't have the answers. So this relationship really worked out well for both of us. I really thought we were going to sit here in solemn silence for 90 minutes. Nope. Remember, like, with the keepers, we were like, why? Are we, this is impossible. I, Dear Zachary, impossible. Something wrong with Aunt Diane, impossible. Uh-huh. What are we even doing? What a waste of a week. I know. We're not going to get anything done. And then here we are. So now, like, all of these memories are based on these photos, right? And Alex makes an excellent point where, you know when someone says something and you're like, you knew that, but then when they say it out loud, you're like, oh, that's totally right. Yeah. Alex says, All of us, we take photos of happy times, excluding everything else. We all do that. We take photos of, of weddings. You never take photos of funerals. We only take photos of the happy times. Right. Unless you're like creepy in the 1600s. No one's taking photos right. at a funeral. <laughs> but we, we are learning this because Alex has become like obsessed with taking pictures. Because he's right. afraid he's going to lose his memory again. Maybe Alex stay off the goddamn bike. Yeah, that's terrifying. Just get a ride with the girlfriend who doesn't care that, she, that you don't know who she is. Right. To think that like, oh God, do I have to start over again, again? <laughs> <I know>. Oh. <laughs> 
So then we get this scene where the dad yeah. is dying. Pancreatic cancer. Yep. And, and I feel nothing. And I feel nothing. And n- neither does Marcus. Because we all get called in to the dad's study. He's on his deathbed, basically. He's on his deathbed. Right. But somehow, like, still smoking a pipe in my mind. Who cares? I know. Right. He sucks. And he started to apologize for his baby and the things that he'd done. He said, would we forgive him before he died? So I said yes. And then Marcus stood there and said, no, I will not forgive you. And turned around and walked out of the room. Alex says, of course, Poppy. Like, of course. You know what I mean? Thanks for letting us in the house. (laughs) To ask for forgiveness. Totally, girl. You got it. And Marcus just like straight up says no. And walks out. And walks out. And gasp. I know. Yes. <laughs> and Alex follows him out and he's like, girl, what happened? Why did you say that to him? Yeah. Alex was like, oh, something is amiss here. Because right. <laughs> I said yes. And I'm like, Alex, you live in a shed. Like, you know right. that, right? <laughs> but it's totally normal to him. Your parents won't let you in the house. In his, in his, in Alex's mind, every house in the world has a shed where the kids live. Yeah. No judgment. I, right, I right, mean, yeah, yeah. come on. He's right. been through a lot. But so basically Marcus is just like, I'm, I'm not going to say any more, but I'm not going to forgive the old bastard and then he dies. Right. <laughs> Don't ask any more questions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone thinks it's all going to be different. Like, Alex is like, yay, we're going to be letting the house now. Yeah, like, dad's gone. He was an asshole. He was the the rule mongerer. Uh-huh. And so I guess we can go in the house now, right? No. And the mom was like, no, not, not Hard so much. Hard no actually. on that <laughs> one. Absolutely not. <laughs> Give me your keys at 20 years old? Get out of here. Get out of here. No way. So, like... Not only was it no, it was like no end because the rules got even worse. And Alex is like, what? And Marcus is just like, don't worry about it. Alex, sweetheart, how many times does your brother have to say to you, yeah, but don't worry about it? Stop talking about this. <laughs> Before you're like- Look at this other picture. <laughs> Watch Leave It to Beaver. That's right, what we that's- really are. Yeah, I know there's no shed. I know the beef didn't live in a shed. God. <laughs> It's all so ridiculous. Yeah. I have some good news, though. Oh, good. The mom dies five years later. She had a brain tumor and she died. (laughs) Stay with me. It's good news, I promise. The world is better without her in it. And I mean that from the bottom of my cold, black heart. (laughs) So Alex is super upset about this. I found the whole thing very upsetting. I did grow to love my mother and, you know, and become very close to her. And once again, Alex has all the emotion and Marcus is like, girl, fucking bye. I hate you. Walks out of the room. And Marcus says, and this is when it's like, okay, like things are going to get super, super dark here. Because Marcus is like, I felt nothing. And I'm like, oh, same. I felt nothing. I didn't feel any guilt for feeling nothing. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel relieved. I just felt nothing. And so they're kind of like, oh, great, they're both dead. Like, we're allowed in the house now. Right. Well, they ha- they have to, like, clean this shit out now. Right, because they were hoarders. Right. And so here's what we find. We started with the downstairs throwing things away. And every now and again, you would find a jam jar full of 50 pound notes 
So they were hiding money all over the place. In, in jam jars, in which jam is the jars. most British thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. They were like literally sewing money into the curtains. Yeah. And just, there was just money. Yeah. Around. Yeah. Okay. Then, hang on tight, everybody. <laughs> because they had this huge wardrobe, like this armoire or whatever. Oh, God. And it was full of sex toys. And once again, Alex is like, what is that girl? And Marcus is like, girl, don't worry about it. We got, we got bigger fish to fry. He didn't really show much emotion. Just kept reassuring me. Never mind about that. Put it to one side. Let's get on. And so then we go from like kind of weird to, oh, gross, to what? Like these people were cruel because the attic was where their whole childhood was. All our school books, all our baby clothes, and then boxes and boxes of presents that have been given to us for every Christmas and every birthday from our godfathers aunts, uncles. We spent every birthday and Christmas with no presents from anybody. She kept every single one. And like to know that you were dying, right, with this tumor or pancreatic and no, like did not have the foresight to be like, shit, we should just like get rid of these now. It's like, you're not going to throw them out. You're just going to keep them still wrapped in the attic. Just to deprive your children of joy. That's the thing that doesn't make any fucking sense. They're so like to their core heartless and they're mean. That's so mean. Yeah. Then Alex says to us, we're cleaning out mummy's closet. Mm. I'm kind of done with him saying mummy. I 100%. (laughs) I was never okay with it to be honest. Ken, how are you done with something that you were never like I know I was trying to give him room that poor guy was in a bad accident I know but they're cleaning out her her closet and then it's like a closet in a closet there's like this like cupboard within a cupboard within a cupboard and and none of them lead to Narnia I never saw that movie but I I get the reference (laughs) we were in the back of a cupboard and you get through all these tons and tons of coats and clothes and at the back you find a secret door to a cupboard within a cupboard of course it's locked so we have to find a key. So they're like, great. They have to go through the hoarder's house to find a key. Right. And they find it. Right. They just they're just like, and spoiler, this is boring. We find the key. So like, guys, we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you everything we overturned. Right. We found the key. Doesn't matter. How we did it doesn't matter. Right. We found the key. But we got there. This is where like trigger alert for everything. This gets really This horrible. is where it all starts. Yeah. And they open the box. And inside there is a photograph of me and Marcus, aged around ten. And we're naked with our heads cut off. It was too weird. It was just too, too strange. What the hell was she doing with a naked picture of me and Marcus with our heads cut off? And they are fucking scandalized. Yeah. So now suddenly we have like a, uh, because then it's like on screen, it's like act two, Marcus. And we're like, okay, so now we're going to hear from Marcus how he did all of this, how he was lying to Alex. Right. So, so, right. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Right. And so Marcus is like, you know, as they say in Newsies, the movie, (laughs) he improved the truth. Like at first he wouldn't necessarily lie. Like they did go on vacations. They didn't go on vacations with their parents. Right. They went on vacations with like other families. So Marcus would show him photos on the beach and just let Alex assume that it was this really lovely family vacation. And I did manage to find a picture of us on the beach. And that seemed to satisfy him. He didn't say, did we go with mum? Did we go with dad? Did we all go as a family? He didn't ask any of those questions. And I didn't give him the detail. 
so at first, Marcus is like, I tr- I try not to make anything up. I right. would just leave stuff out. And so then it gets bigger and more complicated and more questions are being asked. And he's ending up like having to lie to him truly and s- to keep up this fantasy that he's created. Because it's like it's like too big to fail at this point. Exactly. Like, like he started out not trying to invent anything. Right. But then he was like, fuck, my brother has no memory and he never will again. Why would I go back there with him? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to create this new life for him and like keeping my lies straight be damned right and like he it he takes no pleasure in it i was lying to my best friend my partner my other half every single day and the guilt of doing that is so big but telling him the truth was a thousand times worse than telling him a lie so i was damned if i did and i was damned if i didn't and modern day Alex is saying to us, like, I had no reason to doubt him. This guy was, like, teaching me how to shower. He was teaching me how yeah. to ride a bike. He was doing... The only person he knew. The only person he had any connection to in the world. Right. So here's why Marcus has been lying. Yeah. And it's really bad. And this is Marcus, like, speaking to directly to the camera, like, today. Right. My mother sexually abused us up to the age of about 12, 14. And why would you want to give that? I mean, what's that? I mean, that's something... If I just told you today that that happened in your childhood, you knew nothing about it, it would fuck the rest of your life up. Why would you feel it's necessary to give an emotionally disturbed 18-year-old information that he can't handle and is not necessary for him to know? We we are getting the sense now that obviously modern day Alex knows he's been lied to and it's it didn't go great between them. Mm. But Marcus is like wholeheartedly defending what he did. He's saying And if it was the other way around, I would expect him I'd expect him to do the same. I would want him to do the same. I'd be angry if he hadn't done it. And I do feel very passionately about that. If the roles had been reversed, I would have expected him to do the same for me. I would have expected it. And he says it twice. Yeah, and he says, like, lying to Alex helped Marcus through it. Because if he could start believing the the lies that he created, then those could be his memories and that could be his reality, too. It was a, it was a, how he was dealing with his trauma. Right. So he's, like, giving his brother a new backstory and at the same time giving himself a new backstory. Right. But it, like, he says this thing where he's like, my mom and I both knew that we both knew. Right. He's like, I don't know what my mother must have been thinking because, like, her big birthday, she was, everything has to be about her on her birthday. <laughs> But she like oh, Bigfoot over there uh, in her bir- loves to celebrate I'm her here. birthday. She's wearing a pin. Happy birthday! I'm 45. Like go fuck yourself. She sucks. So we're back to the photo, the cupboard, the key, the whole thing. Yeah, we're back Horrible. to the moment where like they find the picture of the two naked boys with their heads cut off. Right, and so Marcus can't deal with it and goes into the kitchen to like collect himself. And Alex and follows make a, him. Uh, make a cup of tea, please. <laughs> this is England after all, Jillian. Tea. I know. <laughs> Don't at a time tea. like this. <laughs> Right, like the liquor cabinet's not right across the room. Please. Girl. Please. (laughs) So Alex is like, don't tell me not to worry about this. I have a serious question for you, and I'm going to ask you this, and you have to tell me the answer. Right. And I said to him, were we sexually abused or not? And he turned around, and he went white. He didn't know what to do. He turned around, had a cup of tea in his hand, and it dropped out of his hand onto the floor. And he just looked at me. He was silent. He nodded. He just nodded a yes to me. He didn't say anything. He just nodded. And then he turned around, put his back to me, and walked into the garden. So Alex 
Alex has this information now with right. no details, but he knows he was sexually abused by his mother. And he's, to us, telling us now, like, he just cried for days. For literally days. Of, co- I, of course you would. But just to think, like, now he knows, but he doesn't know the details. And right. there's, like, this new element in his life now. So remember the dad? And the dad is, like, a super dick. Yeah. And it's the whole thing where, like, Marcus is saying to us to camera, like, my dad was a super big asshole. Mm-hmm. But I firmly believe he didn't know any of this abuse was happening. Right. And he says. I call total bullshit on that. I do, too. Because he says, like, his mom was so charming and she could dupe people. And I just don't buy it. No, but especially, I mean, maybe the dad was just, like, so fucking self-centered and absent, like, to the house. He just, like, lived in his study and didn't Mm -hmm. know anything. And probably, like, he and his wife had a terrible marriage. But why was he still so mean to the kids with the sir and the rules? Like, I know. so mean. And, like, the one-two punch of getting the pedophile mom and the total dick dad. Yeah, like, he knew. He was hauling those toys up to the attic and not giving. Like, he knew. He knew that the toys were there. Exactly. You know. It's it's so utterly awful. Like, I was thinking about this, watching this, how completely vulnerable children are. Right. We talk about this all the time. Like, Daisy's five. She would believe anything I told her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Of course. Kids are just so vulnerable. And, like, to prey on children makes you a certain kind of monster. Mm -hmm. I just, I cannot even wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and to the same point, Alex is saying, look, the abuse was bad enough, but then the one person in the world I trusted completely was lying to me my entire life? The one person that I absolutely trusted 100% has now betrayed me. I was angry with him, really angry with him for the first time ever. I was angry with him that we knew everything about each other and we had no secrets. We do everything together. Yet, behind all of that, he still had a secret. Here's the thing about that. I just wanted to say to Alex, like, can you cut the guy a little slack? Yeah. Don't you see what he was doing? What he was trying to do. Like, to be mean to Marcus for trying to give you a good, like, life and childhood, Mm -hmm. to just, like, love you enough to not want you to have to relive all that trauma. Right. Why wouldn't, like, anybody would do that. Yeah. Here's another side of it, though. Yeah. As a survivor, Alex has every right to know what happens to him. It's like being roofied and then no one telling you what happened to you. It's a, right. It's a two-pronged thing. Like, it's he like, has every right. It's like, if Alex never found out that it had happened, then Marcus did a good thing by erasing that trauma for him, as long as it wasn't, like, manifesting in other ways or whatever. But, like, once he told Alex, I do think he had a responsibility to give him whatever information he Alex wanted. every right to know what happened to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because Marcus gets super dicky about this because he tells Alex... Alex, yes, we were sexually abused. And yes, I understand that you deeply need more information. And I have that information. And I'm definitely not going to tell you. I was left with no details of what my mum had done. I was left with no details about which part of my life was real and which parts weren't. Nothing. And this is what this is where we are. Like, I was confused about, like, do they stay close over this time? And they do. Yeah. They both get married. They both have kids. They are running companies together. Like, they work together. And they never talk about it. But while they're not talking about it, Alex is like re- going to like the newspaper and researching and interviewing and doing everything he can to find like any bits of information he can possibly get. And also while they're not talking about it, they write a book about it. Tell exactly. me how that works. <laughs> well, I'll, actually I'll tell you a little bit. Oh, because thank you. Here's the thing. I knew this story because this was covered on This American Life I think years ago. Oh, I didn't know anything about this. So when I was like watching the trailer for this, I was like, I've heard this story before. And the thing is, the story always ended with the boys finding out that they were abused. That was like how the story ended. Okay. And the reason they made this documentary was to get Marcus to tell Alex all the shit he wanted to know that Marcus straight up refused to tell him. Right. So that's where we're going, guys. That's why we're here. Yeah. 
Okay, so here we are. It's Act Three. It's called Alex and Marcus. Right, and so even though they've been working together, like and running businesses friends. for twenty years, they've never discussed it. And now Marcus is using this opportunity, courtesy of Netflix, right. <laughs> to sit face to face and tell his brother exactly what happened to them. And we see Alex. Alex is sitting at the table, and then Marcus shows up, and he sits at the table, and they're just like facing off, and they're like awkwardly shifting in their chairs. Because you know and... they like drove to the set together. Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they stopped at the diner for breakfast before they got there. They had their tea. They had their cup of tea together. And they're actually talking like, isn't it crazy that we're in constant contact, but we've never discussed, like, the biggest thing that's happened to us? So this is the part of the documentary where I was ready to flip the table. Because I was like, this documentary is only an hour and 25 minutes. It's not like it's very long, but it's like, fucking get to it. Yeah. It's like, get to it or don't get to it. And I was... Imagine being Alex. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Right? And I was getting so annoyed because they're making small talk. It's obviously not scripted. And and I'm like, the documentary... Documentary decided to keep this shitty small talk. Guys, I'm going to tell you, like, by the end of this, all of this is worth it. Yeah. And, and, and it needs to be there. Yep. But in the moment, I was really annoyed with it. I was like, either tell us or don't. Like, what is all this fucking buildup? Yeah. I didn't feel that. I understand, but I was kind of like, yeah, how do you, like, so about the abuse? And you know, like, how do you get there? It's also none of my business. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like Alex needs to know this. I don't need to know it. When th- when they finally started, to, and you guys, we're, now we're doing the same thing. We're going <laughs> to get into it in a minute. But, like, as when they do, I felt super out of place in my own home. Yeah. I felt like I shouldn't be here. I felt like I was watching something that some that I like snuck into something and I was uh-huh. watching something that was like not allowed. The thing that I had in the back of my mind, you know I've been working with Sky and and Jan Broberg yes. on like an abducted in plain sight thing. So I I have Jan Broberg who was the subject of abducted in mm-hmm. plain sight. All the talk that she's done since then, the reason that she like that she loves that that documentary exists. Like as much of a personal story as that is, is because the the more people talk about sexual abuse the more people know they can talk about it exactly that's why we're here yep. that's why it's important that we hear these like these dirty details that are none of our business mm-hmm. because it's reaching people who need to hear it absolutely and we are just collateral damage yeah and that's good that's great and also like not just to, to destigmatize it but also like it's super rare so we think for a woman to be the perpetrator. Right. So it's about it's about saying, like, this can happen to anybody. Women do do this. This happen. Like, yeah. we need to talk about all this stuff, you guys. It sucks, but we have to talk about it because if it can help people, we have to do it. Right. The end. So they finally get into it. And, and the crux of this part of it is Alex saying to Marcus, like, Marcus, I know... This is hard for you. But I need you to know I need this. Right. I, I need this. I've spent 20 years researching this, trying to find the answers that you won't give me. I can't get them from anybody but you. This is what I mean. I need to stop my journey. I need to stop searching. And you can finally be rid of it. At the same time, so we've both got something to gain from this. Just as much as each other. I know we have. And Marcus reiterates why he did this. Like, I didn't want to take you down that road. I was trying to protect you and also protect me at the same time. So what happens is Marcus says to Alex, I don't think I've got the strength to tell you to your face what really happened. But I have had a conversation about it on camera. And maybe you should have a look at that. And that will give you everything that you need to know. And he leaves the room. And Alex is like, well, now I'm scared, girl. And Marcus is like, well, I still don't know why you need this so badly. Yeah, which is like, Marcus. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I understand the try. I, I totally, yeah. I get it all. But like, yeah, he needs to know. Right. And then you see like the camera pulls back and you see the filmmaker go over and give Alex the, like, a, like a laptop with headphones. Yeah. And he puts on the headphones and we see we are watching along with Alex this tape. Right. I've never told a living soul about what happened. I barely told myself what happened. So you're asking me to give you something that I've never given to anybody in my life. And I actually braced myself. I like shifted and I was just like, okay, he's going to share this thing and we're going to be here and this is what we're going to learn. And he says, okay, just as a fuck you to her, let's do it. Let's tell the world what a fucking monster this is. Totally. Yeah, I totally, that was actually a great moment. That was when I was like, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. 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 And this is what we learn, you guys. Shift in your seat, do whatever you have to do. Yeah, this is really, really tough. It's really bad. So their mother would take them into her bed and horrible things would happen. She she would fondle them. And have them do that to each other. The, yeah. the, 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 the typical horrible pedophile sexual abuse stuff. We've covered it a hundred times. They're like 11 years old. Right. And then Marcus tells us that she would, quote, pass them around to her friends. So remember when Alex was like, oh, our house was filled with lords and ladies and aristocrats. Yeah. No. Right. They were her friends or people that she knew and she would like rent her sons out to these horrible, horrible abusers. And the way this was would work, it would they were never together. Mm-hmm. It was never like they went as a pair. She would take one or the other. She would go to this monster's house. She would drop them off. Drop them off, have dinner, like stay for dinner and then leave them for the night where they would be assaulted, raped, mm-hmm. molested yeah. at, at 11 years old. And then in the morning, my mother would come and pick me up. And drive me home, never speaking, never talking. What did I do in the car? I was silent and I was quiet, always silent, always quiet. And then it would happen again and again. And we're watching, like, Marcus is crying, Alex is crying, I'm crying. Yes, same. And so Marcus is saying, the only regret I have in life is that I can't say fuck you to my mom's face. Right. Like, now I'm like, see, this is the the good that, like, you're letting it out, Marcus. Like, yes. Yeah. And then he does something. This is the moment where I was like, is this, like, really made for me? Yeah. Because Marcus talks to us directly. But now I'm speaking out. Now I'm telling you. I've never met you all. I don't know who you are. But you know who my mother is. And you know what she's done is wrong. And that's very powerful. And I need that. We all need that. It's it's amazing to sit and watch something like that happen to somebody where you can see the trauma being worked through in uh-huh. real time. Uh-huh. This was where I was saying before when they were doing the small talk and I was like, oh God, get fucking get to it if you're yeah. gonna and I was getting so impatient with it. Yeah. And I realized that that small talk was leading to this really fucking hard talk. Yeah. And this moment was so powerful. This moment where he addressed us, oh, the God. viewer. Because why else does anybody sit down and tell this horrible, personal, tragic story to other Netflix. Than, <laughs> to Netflix, other than to help people right and that was the moment where I really just thought to myself this is this documentary is brilliant that and because that wasn't a scripted moment no. he was saying it like I'm here now right Netflix I'm, yeah. I don't know who you are but I'm gonna tell you this thing that yeah. is really important for me to get out it also gave me permission to listen to it too uh-huh. yeah, you yeah. know what I mean in Absolutely. a way that I really needed yeah it's amazing so Alex is done watching the tape now and they are face to face again and Alex says well how did it stop then 
God. And Marcus tells this story about some famous artists in London. Who the fuck are you, you piece of garbage? I mean, I feel like it can't be that hard to figure it out. Do the do the math on the time or whatever. Give it a gook. So, I mean, I need to I, I need to know who this person is. I know. So the mom takes Marcus to this like famous artist's house, stays for dinner, mm-hmm. and then he's 14 years old yep. and she leaves and the artist like takes him to bed and starts touching him and he says, "When he got to my genitals, I said, "No, I don't want this." And the artist got super aggressive like was trying to attack and rape him Mm -hmm. and Marcus was able to get away and Alex is like can't believe it he's like what do you mean you got away how did you get home how is that even possible I walked down to the tube I jumped on a tube with no money what you could do in those days I got onto the train with no money and I walked home so he, so he gets home, he goes to bed, and like they wake up the next morning for breakfast. The mom thinks she's got to go back to London mm-hmm. and pick up her kid from that pedophile artist right. friend of hers. Yeah. And Mark and Marcus walks up the stairs for breakfast, and the mom basically gasps. She looked very surprised that I was there. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and it never happened again. And that was the end of it, honey. Without saying anything? <laughs> Without saying. And it never happened again. How old were they? 14. That was the day they got moved out to the goddamn shed. At 100%. They don't say it in the documentary, but that's, that's the day it. they got moved out to the shed because the mom had no use for them anymore. Exactly. And it I never happened. these people. I know. It never happened to Alex again. It never happened to Marcus ever again. They were just the two pieces of shit that live in the shed. Yeah. Now think about the power that gives people, right? Yeah. You can say no. Get out. It's a powerful notion of it stopped because he stopped it. Right. And sometimes you can't. I'm exactly. That. Exactly. In, but in this situation, it was a it was a sense of power that's like he he took it back for himself. And the best part was like he gave this to his brother. He was like, You have it now. You're free. You right. have all the information you said that you needed to be whole. And like it ends. With like they're sitting at like awkwardly sitting at this like shitty table, yeah, and they like it's like a conference, it's like a mini conference room totally. table kind of. It's and weird. they jump up and give each other this like weird bro hug, yeah, and that's how it ends. And they're like crying, they're like, oh, we're back, and like the twin connection is back, no secrets, no lies, yeah, and now we can live our lives and deal with it in our way, mm. guys. I know they did it. I love them. I hate everyone else, but I love them. <laughs> We did it. Somehow we got through it. I was really worried about this one. Uh, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, moving on, you guys. Just a reminder, if you want more of Jillian and me, you want to hear our episode by episode coverage of Serial Staircase, Making a Murderer, Lorena. Lorena. Did you say the jinx? The jinx. OJ Simpson. Uh-huh. Lacey Madeline Peterson. McCann, Lacey Peterson. Casey whatever, Anthony. like a hundred full bonus goddamn episodes. All the series that you want us to cover, they're on the Lady Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Patreon.com slash True Crime Obsessed, oh. or go to our website, click the Patreon link. Okay. I gotta say, if you don't want to join the Patreon, I totally get it. Yeah. But like this Lacey Peterson coverage is bananas yeah. and it's some of my favorite. I think we are doing really great work with it. Oh, good. Nancy Grace aside. Right. <laughs> Will you go Nancy Grace one more time? Your lover's murder! <laughs> Again, it's Oprah, but not. Girl, what are we doing next? We are doing Who Killed Garrett Phillips, another highly requested. Highly requested HBO doc. We're going to do it in two parts. Mm-hmm. Like we do sometimes, we're going to release episode one. The first week, part two will also be available on Patreon right away. And then that'll be our regular episode next week. Right. Girl, where can they find us? 
Okay, you are at Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram <laughs> and at Patrick Hines on Twitter. And you're at Jillian with a G on all the things? Mine's so much easier. It is. Yours isn't that difficult. I don't know why, but I feel put on the spot about it every time. Uh, TrueCrimeObsessed.com for all your TCO needs. Yeah, it's all there. Stick around for the trailer for Who Killed Garrett Phillips, mm-hmm. our hilarious outtakes. TM, 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 trademark, trademark, trademark. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Thank you so much. Thanks for Thanks for like us. holding our hands through this one. This yeah. one was really hard. Yeah, I hope this helped you in some way. If you yeah. It. it helped me. Yeah. All right, bye. Bye, we love you. <laughs> the narrative of this case has been simple. It's about 30 minutes in Potsdam. It was around 5 o'clock. I got a phone call. Something's happened to Garrett. I have both units on scene with an unresponsive 10-year-old male. The scene was handled as a crime scene. The mother is Tandy Cyrus. Tandy's ex-boyfriend, Nick Hillary, was suspicious. Garrett didn't like it. Those two butted heads. We have a strong suspect at this point. Here's a kid that's in the way your relationship. You've got some problems. Hillary is responsible for Garrett's death. No doubt in my mind he did it. Nick Hillary. 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 Next the guy. I'm 100% certain. Am I living in a dream right now or this is really happening? As a person of color, you're told, don't talk to the police. Nick called me saying, the cops won't let me leave. You don't strip search someone naked for anything. You do have to raise questions as to why they chose Nick Hillary. He's right out of a movie. Nick's dating the sheriff's ex-girl. You have John Jones holding Tandy's hand. There have been theories that Garrett had been horsing around with friends. Those theories were pushed aside. There's no match for the DNA, nothing tying Nick to the crime. Prosecutors don't want to solve this case. They want to get a conviction. To tell you I'm scared would be an understatement. Either Nick Hillary did this or someone else did this. Either one of those options are frightening. Justice for Garrett is seeking the truth. What if we tried to do this whole episode of British Accent? Don't. <laughs> All a day is about as much as I can say. No, I can't. I just know, like... <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. Like, I can do six, and that's kind of it. <laughs> like, what was I meant to do? That's all I can do. I, um, wait, my favorite line from it is, Jane Seymour, the only one he really loved. Rude. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> he also said that when they would go on um, family holidays okay. to... <laughs> <laughs> to... <laughs> I hated her so. So I hated her so much. Flames, flames, heaving, heaving breaths, breathing. I'm not shouting. Oh God, it's just perfect. When the chandelier falls. Yeah. I'm gonna go home and have sex with my wife. The greatest. All right, we gotta keep going. Where are you going? In the picture of them when they're 18, they actually look identical. They do. That's true. That's yeah. true. Like two smoking hot 18-year-old boys. British. Men, I should say. They're legal-aged they're men. men. <laughs> Girl, what are we talking about today? Ow. What happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> Wait, I got a weird... You know, like, when you run... I know neither of us know what that's like. But when you get that like stitch in the side of your by your ribs, uh-huh, uh-huh. came at me. Great. I mean, all I'm doing is sitting here. That was weird. <laughs> There you go, outtakes. Welcome to the outtakes. Ow, what the fuck? Are you okay? I'm fine. You really are gonna die on me, aren't you? Ah, it hurts to breathe. Wait, what's up? Stand up. Stand up. Are you okay? Yeah. 
What do we have? Do we have a promo code care.com? Is there a doctor in the <laughs> pod? 